This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by GameTime. It is your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with up to 60% off. Hey, you want to see the Rangers play the Canadians at home on Friday? Possibly a way better game than against the Vegas Knights? Game time, right before the game. Best way to do it. The Game Time app is simple. It's quick. And best of all, it's easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app on the Google Play Store or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets for up to 60% off. Okay, uh, our four-year anniversary show. Hooray! A, a long time, one of my favorite guests that joins us. And, of course, here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to a special anniversary edition of the Bush Breakaway. It's our fourth year anniversary. Gregory, say happy anniversary. There are so many things that are different about us, Ryan. Yes. So many things. We're adults Countless now. things. Yes. The thing that I'll never be able to wrap my head around is I'm the guy who is religious about checking credit statements, bank accounts, all that stuff. I check literally daily. And you can go days, if not weeks, without even just peeping it. I do, and it just blows I, my mind. I do like a, a bi-weekly peep, kind of like that. That, blows, that, that is nuts my, to me. I get, check my credit score get, like, like every three weeks kind of deal. I get I get anxious if I haven't checked that day. See, I'm like... The only days I don't get anxious are on weekends because there's nothing I can do anyway. I just set everything to auto pay and kind of just go for it, you know? I, yeah, but you don't like checking to make sure it actually pays? I do like at the end of the month and then if there's a problem, I'll call... You know, in that situation, I, I'm not like every single day to be me. like, hey, this technology that's built to work, is it working? Because I, I check literally every day. I believe you, dude. <laughs> I, it's, I didn't know. I, here's, here's, my, here's my work routine, right? Yeah. So I open up the software. Shout out to, to Greg's work. That, Don't listen to this. No, first of all, work needs to understand the things I did for them today. We have been dealing with literally two feet of snow. Here in upstate New York, it has been miserable. It has been miserable. And I straight up told work, like, look, I'm not calling out sick, but the only way for me to get there is if someone comes to get me. And to their credit, someone got me. But I'm just I'm just saying, I I wasn't the guy who just immediately told work to F off on a day where there's two feet of snow. I made myself open for business, baby. (laughs) And we made it work. It was great. And I then also I got Thanksgiving. to work and I, I checked my Black credit score. Yeah, it's the, literally the third thing I did at work. I got to work and I was like, all right, I'm at work. I opened up, again, the software Jesus. that I use to write the news every day. Then I checked my email. I delete about 1,000 emails a day. I want to die. It's terrible. Anyway, I do that. Do you, have, I then, do you ever hear of spam filters? Is that a thing at your job? Here's the thing. We can't spam. Like, We get press releases from so many people that might uh... be important one day but aren't. And the, the thing that really stinks, it's – some of the emails we get, like we get emails every day from um, the attorney general's office. But the problem is they send us emails to six different um, distribute, distribute, uh, distribution lists. So we get the same email six times. It's brutal. And it's, you can't, we can't prevent them from sending those emails to those distribution lists. So we just like, 
literally 40% of the emails I get are duplicates. And again, but I just want to remind everyone, this is the number one New York Rangers number podcast one. on the Athletic but yeah, Podcast Network. Anyway, I, Wells Fargo is about Wells Fargo, purchase. Wells Fargo is about the fourth website I open every day at work. That's amazing. Listen, it just, it's like we're just different people, you know? Isn't that crazy? It's a, Yeah, it's incredible. Some <laughs> of us just uproot our entire lives and change our entire social structure I, I, while the other one moves to philadelphia i well just i guess we'll save that announcement for later then (laughs) (laughs) that'll be explained later and the rest of it won't be because you're a psychopath yes no big deal thank you uh so let's talk about loving motherfucker (laughs) i don't like chase utley Uh, you do now bitch i don't that's not how this works there we have a rangers fan in mississippi okay shout out to that guy we have a couple we have a couple okay uh Let's talk I about. Hope, I hope they were on the right side of history in that Egg Bowl, though, because you know who wasn't? This guy lost money on the Egg Bowl this year. Gregory Kaplan lost money on a bet. The Ever. Athletic. Men, men surprised and women. All right, let's talk about the Rangers. What a weird week. Uh, we we <laughs> no, go... no woman has ever been surprised by me. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I feel like the fourth year anniversary has been exactly what I expected it to be. We recorded. We have our good friend Brian Watanik on. Uh, Honestly, been on some of the most legendary episodes of Worcester's Breakaway over the years. Uh, just, it's been everything I wanted. It's been all that we've hit every single beat for Worcester's Breakaway history. I think on this show. And I'm so happy for. It. Thank you, I appreciate it. And let's just talk about what this week was for the Rangers because, just, I want to say it was weird, but it wasn't. It it's a week it's a week where you get two or you get a quality win, a quality overtime loss, and then get absolutely blown out. It, it's just and and somewhere lost and all that was just the the dick thrashing the Rangers gave the the Devils. Yeah, it's just that's it. And I don't I wouldn't want to be the Devils right now if you paid me. Uh, I think the Rangers have a much brighter future than them at this point. Even with Jack Hughes, obviously Kako has is performed much better as of late. That that's the thing with the Devils, and we really should bring our buddy Jeff on sometime soon because he is just in a a pit of misery, and it is. A sight to behold. Uh, but it with the Devils, it's it's really a question about, like, where the hell do you go from here? Th- this is the same team where we were we, – we gave a lot of credit for the offseason that they had. Uh, everything they did seemed to make a whole lot of sense. Everything they did seemed to be with an eye towards opening a window of competitiveness for the next couple of years. They traded for P.K. Subban, pennies on the dollars. They didn't give up anything of note for Nikita Gusev. Of course, they get the first overall draft pick and take Jack Hughes. Ty Smith is still hanging around, and it felt like he might have even been able to take a step break forward. camp with the Devils this year and start blossoming as a defensive prospect himself. Um, the issues that we had about the Devils, we, we seem to be willing to gloss over that there's no way in hell Corey Schneider could possibly be as bad as he's been in the past. Mackenzie Blackwood is a young up-and-coming goaltender that had flashes of brilliance last year. There's no way the Devils' goaltending situation could possibly be as bad as it has been in recent history. Taylor Hall is now fully healed, had a whole summer off to get healthy from his injuries. And yet it's like the only thing I could possibly compare this Devil season to, and you're going to love this one, Ryan. Don't do it. Yes, go on. It, it's just, it's just, it's so Mets esque. Oh, it really is, though. And you know what? At any other day, Gregory, I would sigh. But today, it's our anniversary. I, I take, I take pride in you doing this. <laughs> I, I do. It's, 
I just I don't think you can think of a more embarrassing way to lose if you're the New Jersey Devils. The fact that they didn't fire John Hines immediately after that game is it just ratches it just brings the embarrassment level to a new level. Um, think about it. The Devils were on the man advantage for what felt like a literal third of that game. I, I think it was, there was more a moment, than a third of that game. It truly felt like the entire second and third periods versus the yeah, Raiders. I mean, they, they, were on they the started. They started the third period on the man advantage. They had a five-minute major in the third period soon after that first power play. And what do the Devils do? They give up two goals. Forget the fact that they they didn't even create – there was never a moment of threat in that Devils game from a Rangers perspective. The Devils were bad through and through. And the, they had seven shots on eight power play opportunities. Is There's no other word besides embarrassing. If that was – Ryan, if, if, just try to put yourself in the shoes of no. if that was the New York Rangers. We'd we'd have conversations about, uh, I mean, the Lindy Ruff flaming that would be happening on this podcast would be in, insurmountable yeah, in comparison like, to like any other Yeah, losing to the Knights isn't embarrassing. That's a good hockey team. And No, the, the Rangers clearly didn't show up, but they also weren't, like, they like, lost to a better team. They that were was lifeless either. They, they fought back in the first period. After that, they went down to nothing. The Rangers came back. I think they had something like eleven shots in a row against the Vegas Knights, and definitely fought back. And then just slowly were put out of reach. That was it. They just realized they, they were the, the Rangers back to the game. The Rangers lost to a better team that was better prepared and were better out of the gate. And the Rangers got into a hole that they couldn't dig themselves out of. Despite, like you said, they, the Rangers had flashes. There was no flash with the devils and the devils we can't sit here and say that the devils are definitively worse than the new york rangers i feel like we can now go but going into that game that was a coin flip game the devils aren't terrible the rangers aren't great and does it's almost like if you were a fan of a team that isn't the rangers or the devils and you're just watching that game as a pure neutral there's only one thing you take away from that game against the devils and it's that the Devils might be the worst team in hockey. Well, the, the you, Red Wings would love a word with you. No, but here's the um, – Don Filipovich or Dmitry Filipovich had a great point about this today. We expect the Red Wings to be bad, mm, okay. and they're at least being creative in what their game plan is, right? They're doing crazy things like pulling goalies with six minutes left when they're losing in the third period. They're running out a lineup that is not designed to win this year. They're taking chances that most teams wouldn't take because most teams aren't in the unique position the Red Wings are where not only do we not expect the Red Wings to win on any given night, odds are they won't. And it doesn't matter what they do. It's just not going to happen. The New Jersey Devils are fielding what they believe is a competitive playoff caliber lineup. And they suck. Like, it's... (laughs) It's just it's it, it's night and day Sorry, difference. Like the Red Wings so are what we the Red the Red Wings are what we thought they were, right? They're Dennis Green. They're but at the same time they're doing interesting things while they suck. The Devils they want you to think they're good and they're the furthest thing from it. They're That's right. why I think it actually makes a lot of sense to say the Devils possibly are the worst team in hockey. Just because when you when you put it in perspective of expectation. We all thought this was like a 90-point team. We thought this was a team that was going to threat for a wild card. We, If you put a gun – you don't even have to put a gun to my head before the season. I'm sure I sat on this podcast and said the Devils were going to finish above the Rangers 
in the Metropolitan this year. I think that all was, those things were true. I think it's a fair thing to think, especially a couple months yeah. ago. They made a how wrong were we? Very. That's, how that's wrong why you play the sport, right? Because look at a team like the Devils who made all these amazing offseason signings, and all of a sudden. None of them look particularly great. Like, even, like, Wayne Simmons, who, by the way, doesn't wear a visor still. What is wrong with you, bud? That's, it's for safety, dude. But I, I just, I'm, I'm just worried about your eyes, Wayne. That's all. Uh, they just, everyone they signed, like, Simmons has been good, but P.K. Zubans looks like it might be over. It, Hughes, obviously, he's young, still has a lot of time to grow, and he also is the Antichrist, which is tough. And then, I mean, Gusev has not been what they expected him to be. I know they traded very little for him, but they have they signed him for, what was it, a two-year deal, $4.5 million, something like that, I think? Something like that. Yeah, and that is not looking good either. So that's a team that really needs help and probably Keith Kincaid very quickly. So hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully they sign Re- him. Reunited and feel so good. Well, uh, last time they were, the, just, they were in the playoffs, who was their goalie, Greg? Keith. So uh, yeah, just, just, And they don't get to the playoffs without Keith. Just, Keith was on a heater that year. Just makes sense. Um, He's it's, it's one of those moments where it, you look at the devils and you ask yourself, where is this team going to be next year and beyond? And outside of Nico, outside of Hughes, outside of Ty Smith, it's hard to look at it and go, it's hard to say the devils are going to be good anytime soon. And there were plenty of people making a lot of noise online saying the devils one had a much brighter person. future than the yes. Yeah, well, he knows who he is. We don't need to say his name. Yeah. Most of these, I also just, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know what it is. Like uh, that's like the most insulting thing in the world that I could possibly say about someone. Yeah. I know you exist and yet you're not important enough for me to learn your name. Okay. That's fucking rude. But Greg Kaplan, The Athletic, what do you expect? Four years. Anyway, four years. Uh, four years going, baby. Gotta love it. Um, the presidency of Blue Church. I just, you, you, look, you look at the Rangers, you look at the Devils, and it's, I don't know how you could possibly not take the Rangers the next three years plus at this point. It just, no, there's so I, much more to I like about the Rangers. I truly believe we will be a contending team in 2022. I do. I think we're going to be a contending team next year. I think it's possible. I think for sure. I I, I think if we get a top three pick this year, we're we're rolling, baby. I, think I don't think we're going to get a top three pick. I'm just, I'm just trying to make it happen. I know it's not going to happen. But we're going to get Jerry Brocco this year, though. So That's we got true. That to look I mean, to. Georgiev, is, the trade market for Georgiev is hot right now. It's like that truck uh, backing the devil, up. The de- <laughs> They're backing up the dump. Yeah, I know. Well, that's because, again, we have two fucking feet of snow outside. All right? I live in what I think is a retirement community. You think these old people are going to do it? They're not going to do it. So no. they hired a plow. And the only time for a plow to come, apparently, is 10.55 p.m. on a Monday night. Plow. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. You want to get to five-star questions, then we'll get to our interview with Brian Wontanek? Yeah, I don't think we need to keep people waiting anymore. Okay. Uh, five-star question. This is from AJ Hidel. Hey, boys. Great work as usual on the podcast. Did I read this one last week? I did not. Okay. Uh, it appears that Phenomenal. She... I'm so happy that you don't read these beforehand. You know what's funny? Fuck, fuck, Hold fuck, on. fuck the guy who said you should. Hold on. I love it I so just much more say, than you I want to say this. I did read all these beforehand, and I even uh-huh. put this like in a special area, so I, I knew exactly what I was going to say on these, and I still second-guessed uh, myself because I feel like incredible. I read A.J. Hiddell last week. And maybe maybe I, you did. And maybe I'm wrong. No, but I did read this one, so here we go. A guy who said I should sure. read this beforehand. I promise I did. I'm still getting better. Hey, boys, great work as usual on the podcast. It appears Strom's strong play in chemistry with Panarin might have been playing himself off, off of the showcase for the deadline list and onto the future pieces of the team list. Is there anyone who you see possibly playing themselves off the future core list and into the trade bait list. 
yes, I think those two players. I think there's a lot to break down in this. In this, this person asked a few questions. There's a lot to break down with this. Well, but- let, let me. Let, well, okay, let's start with that one. I still don't think Strom has played himself off any list because again, it's, I just love this dump truck forget. in the background. It's my favorite. It's, it's great. It's not a dump truck. It's oh, like it's a plow. Yes. No, it's, but it's 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 one of those. It's like a. It, it's got tracks. It's like a cat. Whatever oh, those it. things are called. Right, a cat machine. Yeah, he's doing great. It, yeah. We recorded a long time with Woj before this. I don't. There's nothing I can do. I can't tell him to I, shut up. I'm not upset. So just, I legitimately love this it. This is this is life. Uh, well, welcome to Troy, New York, everybody. It's wonderful up here this time of year. It truly is. Never come. It, anyway, so th- I, uh, I I don't think Strom has played himself onto a role with this team. No, and but we've we've broke we've broken this down before, yeah. and and we'll just I'll do the I'll do the the Cliff Notes version of it tonight. We we think Strom is younger than he is, but he's really not. Right? He's 27, 26. I believe. 26. He's got one more year of restricted free agent eligibility. So he's going to be in the same or similar position that Chris Kreider is in right now, where if you're the New York Rangers, you're asking yourself, is this a guy I want to give a long-term 26 until July 11th. Healthy, right. Healthy contract to. So he'll be 27 when he's an unrestricted free agent, which means you're probably giving him a contract north of four years, which means you're probably giving him a contract north of $5 million. Is Ryan Strom a guy you want to lock up for that amount of time? And, when I asked the public on Twitter, even the Strom-loving public, I asked them, what is your ideal Ryan Strom contract? And all of them said roughly three years and roughly in the neighborhood of $4 million a year. That's great and good, but it ain't happening. The, the NHL is a market in a way where Ryan Strom's going to be able to get more years and more money. Matt Zuccarello, a better player than Ryan Strom, but also 32 years of age, signed a five-year deal. It's, it's you're not going to, Ryan Strom is great in the moment because he's affordable He's young and he's flexible. He's a guy you could put in your top six if if pressured to as a successful team, but he's more comfortably a guy that can live in your middle six and help contribute offensively in small samples. That's not a guy you really need to you don't build with those guys, right? Those are the final piece guys. Those are the guys the Devils thought Wayne Simmons was going to be for them this year. You don't put that type of player in your core. That's literally the final piece. That's like the guy you require at the trade deadline if you need that extra piece, which is, again, why, if you're the New York Rangers, you should be very open to any and all Ryan Strom trade opportunities coming this February. I he's, just want to mention He's that not a guy – and it's also – but before you go, it's just – it's it's not a terrible thing. It's not the meanest thing in the world to say Ryan Strom is a good complementary piece, which is what he is. But if you're the New York Rangers – you're not in the business of collecting complementary pieces right now. You got to figure out what your core is first. And Ryan Strom, he's just not in the right moment in his career to be that kind of guy for the New York Rangers. The other person, the the, the other player this person mentions is Brady Shea. Could he, could he be moved and because of his inconsistency in age and contract? Uh, I think Shea's played better as of late. He's definitely had some boneheaded moments, but I think this organization is pretty committed to Brady Shea from everything I've seen. Uh, you make an argument. Yeah, and I. I also, it, this is if you think Brady Shea has been struggling, then you shouldn't be wanting to trade him right now because you're not going to get anything exactly. For him Which is why value. you should want to trade Ryan Strom, by the way, because this, even if this is what he is in the future, it's likely not. But you're selling high, and that's what you're supposed to do when you have an asset like Ryan Strom. He's valuable. Yeah, but you never want to. You never want to trade. You never want to trade the players that are doing well. You want to turn your shit into gold, exactly. as opposed to turning something better than what we expected to be into a future asset that might not be as good it 
I get it. I do. We're all fans. We want this team to be good. And Ryan Strom is helping this team score goals at this in this moment. At the same time, Ryan Strom is not part of this team's long-term future. And I, I think it's not even – I think the Rangers know that. I, I just don't think fans – have come to terms with that yet. AJ adds, uh, speaking of which, what's happened to Rykov? Did Kravtsov smuggle him back to Russia in his equipment bag? Last we heard of uh, from, from what I understand is he, well, yeah, but I, I hear he's nearing a, a return to the lineup. I know Vince I think, I think he, Yeah, I think I think he might even play in a game this week. Well, so he's alive. See what Whatever that ankle injury was, brutal. no one wanted to tell us what it is, but boy, was it apparently was very serious. People don't want to tell us any injuries for anybody. Uh, no, it, fucking hockey, man. Hockey culture, gotta love it. Oh, well, hot topic this week, I know. Capo Capo, uh, Capo Praise B24 says, Greg and Ryan, great job on the podcast as always, thank you. Given that Tony D'Angelo is tearing it up offensively and is on a current pace for 64 points for the year, do you look to trade him at the deadline? Just something we are just talking about. I think Gorton could bamboozle an NHL team into a decent return for him. He's on a very cheap one-year deal. But given his defensive shortcomings, as Greg has mentioned, and all and attitude issues, also as Greg has mentioned, I'm kind of ad-libbing some of this, I don't believe he fits in the club plan in the long term, especially considering the defensive prospects of the Rangers system. Chris from Florida. Here's, <laughs> fuck Jacksonville. The, here's where D'Angelo is different from Strom. Strom has got one more year of control, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. D'Angelo, to me... Would I trade him in the right package? Yes, that of course. That goes without saying. There are very few people on the New York Rangers currently I wouldn't trade in the right package. However, Tony D'Angelo is the kind of guy where if you're the New York Rangers, it's not the end of the world if you treat him like the Winnipeg Jets treated Jacob Truba, where you just play the arbitration game with D'Angelo every year until the year before his unrestricted free agency. And it's... There's a couple of reasons to do that. One, he's young. Two, he's being productive. But also three, we're, I don't know about you, but I'm still not convinced. And I look, everybody knows I, I'm not obviously where because, I stand. Because this team has been playing, I think you've seen the, the, the comparisons online, uh, similar to the 2015 Buffalo Sabres in defensive style. And Tony D'Angelo is part of that defense. So if that's the case, I'm not convinced. Well, it's it's just D'Angelo's young enough and will be inexpensive enough throughout the entirety of his restricted free agent um, lifespan that I just – there are guys you want to extend, right? You want to beat the clock on some guys. The Rangers thought they were doing it with Brady Shea. Uh, you, you do it to avoid having to be in a situation where you give Jacob Truba $8 million a year. If you were the Winnipeg Jets, you, of course, would have wanted to lock him up years ago to a long-term deal at around $5 million and just reap the benefits of having a below market value contract for a player that is so incredibly talented with D'Angelo. Maybe there's some team out there that feels the same way about him. I don't think there is at that. Doesn't mean he's not valuable for the years in which you're going to have his contract rights. And I, I do think it's nice having Tony D'Angelo as a, baseline right Tony D'Angelo as your number three right-handed defenseman isn't a bad place to be living it's it's pretty good it's probably the best case scenario for him in terms of getting the most out of his game and also not exposing him too much where it starts to become uh, a net negative on your return 
At the same time, D'Angelo is not the guy that should, even with how he's playing right now, change your long-term outlook for where you see your defense going in the next two, three years. Tony D'Angelo should not be the reason Keandre Miller isn't here. Nope. Tony D'Angelo shouldn't be the reason Niels Lundqvist isn't here. If you just play the year-to-year game with Tony and that's what you want to do, and then when you're ready to cash in your chips on him, you trade him, I'm here for that. If that means trading him now, great. If that means trading him in two years, cool. It doesn't really matter. I just I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to lock Tony up long-term because you sh- you're not going to have the cap problems that you have this year and next year. So it's not even a concern. And he's just, he again, like Strom, it, it's a little different with Strom where I also don't think Tony D'Angelo is a guy you build with. The difference between Strom and D'Angelo is D'Angelo is the right age for this team. He's being productive right now. And you have multiple years of him already without having to give him a fat extension. So I would just, I would literally keep kicking the can with Tony D'Angelo one year deals until the year before is unrestricted free agency. And then you have a come to Jesus moment. Yeah, I, I, I don't, exactly I think that's a very mean. sound strategy. Are you still, uh, let me ask this question before we move on. Are you still on the yeah. bandwagon that he is not on the team next year? Um, I know that you just made this big case. Not as, I have to ask. I, I think he will be on this team through the trade deadline. I feel less confident about that take. I think he will be a New York Ranger on July 1st. Okay. Let's move on. Gunslinger 2094. I like that one. I Always a frequent commenter. Uh, five-star question. With the NHL paying lip service to player safety, why is the trapezoid still in use? If the goalie could play the puck in the corners, it prevents big hits. What other rule changes would you like to see? This is actually, I don't know if I want to see rule changes. I just want to see rules enforced. Yeah, that's the way I am too. I just want to see it called correctly. And I'm not sure if, if the NHL, if the trapezoid was taken away, that the goalie can play the puck in the corners, if that's any better. I'm not sure if that's a better situation. Is there? I don't, that, I don't, I don't think so either. I just, I just, I, w- I would like to see the rules enforced before I get into a point of me trying to tell you what rules need to change. I just need to figure out what exactly is a penalty. Because there's sometimes where there's not, and there's sometimes where there's like, I, I think there's like serious boarding and injuries, and then nothing's called. And then I see Lemieux get his teeth knocked out, and it's like a four-minute major. Like, I know that's how hockey is. That's just what it is. I understand that. But if you really want to concern yourself with player safety, I mean, fights are still allowed, man. They, it's... I like fights. I think hockey fights are great. I still like watching them. I understand it's part of the game. I know that. But if you're concerned about player safety, that has to be the first thing that goes. Like, you have to be fighting against, hey, you know what we shouldn't be doing? Punching each other in the freaking head. We probably shouldn't be doing that. That should be the first thing we should be changing. If, if, if I was concerned about safety, that would be my first thing. But I don't know if they, they'll ever do that because that's one of the things that still brings people to hockey. I hit my, I hit my mic. I it's all good. We got one question left, and then you're done for the night, bud. All oh, right. look at that. All right, this is from BRocks111. What's going mm. on, guys? Just recorded a podcast at 11.07 on PM on a Monday night. Hope you guys mm. had a good Thanksgiving. Greg worked. I had a great time. Sure did. Uh, fresh off the awful power play performance in Boston game, why do you think they moved Panarin out of the trigger spot on the left side? Galaxy brain, I have no idea. It was working pretty good before. Why change it? Also, why take a lefty, hashtag praise B, off of the right side? Takes away that one-timer option. It looked predictable in Boston. Keep up the good work. We talk about this a little bit later with Woj, but really I think 
the Rangers just galaxy brain themselves to, t- to take a term and, yeah. uh, from the internet and also our good coworker Shana Goldman. Because yeah, I, I think I think they just they overthought it. I, I I don't I don't think we need to go much deeper into that. I just think sometimes the Rangers they or try, anyone they for that matter to have more talent on the power play and not more chemistry. I think that's yeah. my final takeaway because I'd rather have the better positioning and less talent. I'm not I'm obviously not shitting here on Kako or anybody else, but I'd rather have the better positioning ready than just have what I believe is my best players available. If that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I just I think they overthought it. Awesome. I, I I really think it's I I think I think you can draw the line there. If truly. you guys want to leave a five star question for us, you know how to do it. Go to iTunes, search New York Rangers or Blue Shirts Breakaway. We'll pop right up, probably. I hope. And then leave a five star review. We will read it on the show. We do the segment every single week. Before we get to our guest Brian Wotanic, we're gonna do some ads. So here we go. Transition. So, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves and saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoided altogether excuses like, I had a long day at work. Sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it. Or, I lost all of my money on blackjack. But, with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED from all the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work for finding you the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to your house with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Just go to roman.com slash BSB to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash BSB for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash BSB. And, And weekends are made for football. With so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey action going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in the action whenever you want to, 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boost to free bets, DraftKings has it all! DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use. You can deposit, place bets, and within... A matter of seconds. That's it. It just takes a couple seconds. Blaze the bets. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook will give new users a free bet just for signing up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK. For a limited time, all users can get a free bet on sign-up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. That's code QUICK to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Only DraftKings, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older. New Jersey restrictions, restrictions applied. Seaside for details. Gamble problem. Call 100 Gambler. Back to the show. I guess push it, break away. Best show of all time. Bye. Hey, we're back with our first and most favorite guest of the day. Uh, Brian Wotanik, Mr. Return to Twitter, of course. Brett Favre. I did it this time. We're re-recording. Oh, now I can make the joke. Brian. Oh, I just got cocked on my own yeah, joke. Yeah, pretty sick, right? Uh, welcome back to the show. How's it feel? Uh, it feels good, you know. It's always good to come back when you guys come uh, ringing. I always come answering. Somehow I'm, I'm a, I'm a slave to the game. I guess you're a special but, yeah. occasion person. That's what we I, like. I knew. Like, you guys don't reach out for just like, a, oh, we're gonna do like a recap episode. Like, I was like, no, like that's not. It's like if they're reaching out, it's it's an episode I gotta be on. So Can I'm I tell you the worst part of this? I no. I messaged. Yep. Okay. So I messaged Greg this morning. I was like, "Hey, man, should we text Woj?" And he goes, "I already texted him." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was serious when Greg texted me because usually it's the group chat. And, yeah. But this time it was just Greg, so I'm like, "Oh, he must want me on." I know. 
So uh, we were actually recording this before the the start of the show. So whatever we talked about earlier was pretty swick. Great job, Greg. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. On an unbelievable job by you. I guess we should start with the Ranger stuff, but yeah, we'll save my announcement towards for, for towards the end. Let's let's just do some Ranger things. Since you've uh, you obviously took a break from Twitter there for a bit. Uh, glad to have you back. You're definitely one of my favorite followers. If people don't follow you, I think it's WojMyR now. And yep. um, what encouraged you to come back? And what was it like watching without Twitter? Um, that's actually a heavy question because it comes with a lot. So I'll just peel back the curtain because I really don't care. Okay. Uh, as people may or may have not have known previously with Gotham Sports Network, um, I hadn't done anything for them for a while. Like it was just a long gap of us stop doing the podcast, me just not writing any blogs. Um, so it became a conversation of, you know, what's next? Because I, I we have these uh, daily like Slack chats, like group chats or whatever. And like, it was very active. Like it was like almost nonstop morning to night talking about everything, just sticking around, whatever. And those became very active. So I just really just stayed in that lane. Like I was just like, we, I was the Slack guy. Like we just made a lot of conversation there or whatnot. Um, fast forward, like I said, up until about the beginning of this month, actually probably November. Um, we all had a conversation with Ethan, the guy who owns Gotham. And it just became like a, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything for you guys other than take up everybody else's time. And I feel bad because there's other guys like trying to create content and trying to write and everything. So I, I stepped away from them and I did that for about a couple days, probably about a week and a half. And I really miss those Slack chats. Like those were a good time. Like I love those guys to death. There's no ill will or bad blood from anybody at Gotham. I still love all of them. Um, it just became a thing where like, I need an outlet. Like I just need something to come back to. And I, I know I was like, I have this Twitter account with people who still like me, I think. So I was like, let me just throw up the tweet. I got, I got kind of drunk on a Saturday. That was the Brendan Lemieux. I think it was the, the, uh, it was, uh, the, it was a Canadians I, game because you came yeah, back was, and I was, I was friends giving also maybe a little tipsy and was very confused when I saw your icon. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was dead sober in Montreal. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was not. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to fire out just the picture. And now I'm kind of back, I guess. So, but I mean, that's why I made the account private too. Cause it's not like, I, I'm not back for the sake of being back to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm a Rangers guy again. It's like, well, no, nobody really unfollowed me for the most part, I guess. Like three and people. I, yeah, I really don't want people to re- like refollow me or like new people to follow me or like I just don't want people to retweet or see my shit who I don't want to see it because like I'm I'm very mental, you know, person when it comes to this stuff. And I, that's a lot of the reasons why I take breaks from it. So honestly, like being back now is more fun than I've had in a while just because there's no, no there's no there's no back and forth. Like I don't know about anybody dicking around with my stuff. So God, God bless you, no. buddy. That's that's where I'm at, too. Yeah. I just want to have a good time. I'm here for yeah, a good it. time. That's all I'm doing. Um, so I guess what's the watching experience like without it? Because I, oh my, I, I loved it. Like I legit did. Like I, I didn't like, I wasn't like lurking or anything either. Um, like I was legitimately off. Like I had somebody else had the account, had changed the password. I didn't have access to it. So like there was no way oh, of me that's getting it. Actually a great idea. It was brilliant. Cause otherwise I would have definitely snuck on. Um, but I liked it. And it was like the one thing I will did, like I did have a, a burner account. And I only followed like, you know, Rangers, like the, the team, the team sites, not anything else. I wish only you followed get, like... me and Greg and just flamed us and we didn't know. Are you, are you, there's an account that's just called, I love the LIRR and all they do is tweet really <laughs> weird stuff at us. And I'm convinced it's you. It's not me, but it, I'm also not, not me. So I'm never going to admit to that. Okay. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, no, I, I, it was, it was a different experience. Uh, I think 
Katie is much better and glad that I'm on Twitter again because she, I swear to God, if she probably had to hear about David Quinn one more time, she was going <laughs> to like just up slap me across the head. But uh, no, it was, it was a definitely a different viewing experience. It is weird how much it alters, you know, just that instant, even just being able to read other people's like recaps, which I, I like to do too, like just instant, like, like in the moment kind of thing and like, you know, up to date stats and all that nonsense changes a lot of things. Like you definitely are more in tune to just like, like I was watching the post game and the pregame shows. I was watching the you know David Quinn press conferences before, just because I was trying to get a taste of something. So that nah, definitely drastically changes the experience of like coming in and out of Twitter, um, especially for as long as I did it, and with how weird this season's been so far. I think the the benefits of it, at least for me, are are the people that do a lot of good statistical work and like breakdowns of certain gifts, like the Brett Howden pass tonight. Like I I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize how bad it was on the third goal of that pass he just sent across the ice, like pretty much straight to a Las Vegas player. So it was yeah. like, okay, I would never have seen that if I wasn't on this website, which is also the living hell of the internet at the same time. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. it still stinks, but yeah. I have a great time. Uh, let's talk about actual Ranger stuff. Uh, I guess we could start with David Quinn. I'm not even sure where to start after the Vegas game, right? Because the game itself was over in the first two minutes. Like, we both knew. I think, Greg, you even... Said this game's going to be six one, and uh, there's no doubt about it. Where- I was I was actually a little heartbroken that it didn't get to six one. I was convinced that this was I, this happens what once every four games where the Rangers just put up an absolute and utter stinker. Just poop their and pants. It's, it's like it's it's a rinse and repeat. We hear it every time in the post game where Quinn comes out and is like it was embarrassing. I don't understand why we didn't get up. It's a it's a poor reflection of what we are. This isn't how we play. We're better than this. We shouldn't be going through these things, blah, blah, blah. It happens enough now where it's just like there are days where the Rangers don't want to play hockey. And it, it's I – don't, I don't why that is, I don't know. Is it correctable? I don't know. But it, it's happened enough now where there are just days where the New York Rangers don't show up. And it's it's evident quickly. And it I, I at least appreciate that it's evident quickly because then I can start distracting myself with other things. Yeah. It – I, I agree that I like to distract yourself. With I somehow sat there and watched the entire thing like a fool. Uh, oh, I, had, I had it. I had it on in the background, but in, like usually, I don't know how you guys watch games. I, second I'm, screen, big I'm time a, second screen guy. Person where the Rangers are usually screen one, but there's always something else that I can keep my ADD riddled mind attached to. Uh, and then by the time Tuck scored the goal, Big Mouth became screen one, and I just had the Ranger game on in the background. To make sure I wasn't missing anything. Yeah, as soon as the Monday Night Football game on, the Rangers got bumped to screen too. It was just you guys could have nailed it more. Like it was one of those games where if you've watched this team enough, even over the last decade, like this is just a, that was a predictable Rangers game where the the Knights. I mean, I don't think they even played like that extremely well. They just came out flying. They got the lucky goal in the beginning of the game, and that changed the whole momentum of the game. The Rangers were tired the rest of the game. So as soon as that Monday Night Football game came on, I switched to screen two and just like saved myself that extra like hour and a half of just painfully watching them on the big screen i watched them on the big screen the whole time and uh it was you not, not a not a great experience <laughs> there's just some games where they just i think consistently inconsistent is the title of this team and i know i was yelled at or told uh that this is a college team it's not really a college there's a lot of like somewhat veteran players on this team there's older players like panarin's older strom is older crier's older and these guys shouldn't be getting absolutely housed every single night. What's the weirdest part is I did see what you said, Woj. Like, I w- I'm actually not against Stahl coming back at this point. 
No, I'm fine with it. Same, because Hayek needs a break. For sure. Yeah, he's not he's not good. And how do you guys he... understand that Hayek's not coming out of this lineup though, right? He this, I... this, No, this this is the problem that we, we've gone through this so many times. It's it doesn't matter how much we think there's a problem. This coaching staff and this front office are yet to prove to us that they they cannot they can identify that there is a problem, but they seem to fail at being able to pinpoint what that exact problem is. I would be I know I've said this before, and the last time I said this, Mark Stahl actually did get scratched. I would be legitimately stunned if Lieber Hayek had scratched anytime soon. So I guess this begs the question, who would the scratch be? I, Rightly or wrongly, I still think Ryan Lindgren no is way. viewed as the guy in the Ranger lineup. I cannot think that. Lindgren's been like a revelation. I think that maybe that's too strong of a word, but... I, I think it's, a, I think he's I think he's been solid. A pleasant surprise. I don't, I don't yeah, because I think I think and Woj, you can correct me. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I don't think anyone expected him to be anything more than a future seventh defenseman. No, not at all. I completely agree. And I think his way, or I think he gets overshadowed was just how good Fox has been. Where it's just like, all right, well, we can only focus our attention solely. And I'm not saying Lindgren's been even close to what Fox has been in terms of production and just overall like enjoyment to watch. But Lindgren, like, is a perfect defenseman to have in that lineup where he, he he knows his role like he's not he's not flashy he's not sexy like he's just doing his thing and I mean I can I Greg I kind of get your point where I I could see them absolutely pulling him out of the lineup and we all agree it should be Hayek I think right like oh yeah I just I just I, 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 I think I, we, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks on the pod where we're at a point with Hayek where it's more beneficial for him just to go down to Hartford and yeah not only just him but Brett Howden like I think both those guys could use some development time and they use if they use the same logic they're using with Leas Anderson I'm really not sure man I I just wish they had a defenseman on the roster right now who was playing out of his position making around 4.2 million dollars that could just you know maybe <laughs> slot back into his normal position that he got paid for uh we just don't have that luxury so you know we just have to kind of wait for Mark Stahl to come back and suffer through this high struggle uh, but again if only we just had that luxury that you know most teams don't have I think I, I, I I'm not on the island on this but I do I I Brandon Smith hasn't been an issue for me I know it just no, hasn't he's been fine no he's, he's no, no, fine. The, that's the thing he hasn't been an issue at the same time it's we can admit that he hasn't been an issue and still admit that he's being used to irresponsible not not irresponsibly but incorrectly I forgot who it was on Twitter tonight. You know, it probably was good old Rob Luker, who Tony D'Angelo just loves and wants to open flame, have a good beer with it. Yeah, uh, but I think they had had a great point where it's why are we at a point with Brendan Smith where we admit that the New York Rangers don't have better defensemen for the penalty kill, so he's been the lineup for his penalty killing, and yet we're fine that he's not a full-time defenseman like he's he's so good on the penalty kill that he needs to stay in the lineup but apparently loses all ability to play five on five defense and or even worse is not viewed similarly to someone clearly struggling like Lieber Hayek at five on five defense it we're at a point where it's getting less about us complaining that Brendan Smith is still playing wing as a defenseman I don't think that's that big of a problem I don't think he's necessarily eating up minutes from some other winger that could be getting those minutes at the same time. It's just like, we know he's good defensively. The Rangers know he's good defensively, not even good, just good enough defensively where he has been getting high leverage roles 
on defense. And yet when it comes to five on five, the Rangers are like, nah, we're okay. Thank you, though. It just, it, it's baffling. <laughs> that goes back to the, to the conspiracy of, of building value. And they want to build him through the uh, – but I guess if he's playing as well as he is, I don't know why you wouldn't make him defenseman. He's probably more valuable there. I don't know. I just – with Smith Again, in I, general. I just I – just, I, I don't think the Rangers think they have a problem with Lieber Hayek right now. We have no evidence to suggest that they feel Lieber Hayek is struggling to the extent that we all know he's struggling. Well, doesn't I, that bring the question they, into the question? Like, do they know how to evaluate their team? Because they changed their power play, which you and I, and I think even Woj would agree with us, was their biggest strength of their of their team, and now it can't seem to function at any level. Oh, it stinks! It stinks out loud on ice for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, literally, uh, that was a terrible joke. But <laughs> the yeah, bad. But it, it just seems like everyone's playing out of position. They keep swapping Fox off the first line. They put Tony on the first line. They can't figure that out. I don't know why we're playing musical chairs with the power play when it was quite good as it was at the beginning of the season. And now all of a sudden, we're trying to play four right-handed players. I'm not really sure what we're doing. I think our friend Beth was the one who pointed this out during the game, is I think Zabinijad came back from the power play and they just, from his injury rather, and they just overthought everything. And he just trying to throw this monster power play unit out there. And it just doesn't work. You have so many of the same-handed shots, and these guys can't seem to get on the same page. And, I mean, Kreider probably missed an easy one from Panarin. But <laughs> Sorry for laughing, Kreider. I, it's just a joke at this point. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm at a boiling point with him. Um, but I don't know. I just I, – I, I do agree. I think there's a bit of Jake came back. And not to say that he did anything wrong. It's just that I think DQ overthought the power play or whoever's running that, that, you know, that special team system. And it was just, they need to simplify it again. Go back to what you're doing literally three or four games ago when it was working. Um, and now they just can't, they just can't figure it out. So I, I, I just have no idea. It's confusing to say the least. I, I don't know if it's, it's, I, I, I really don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to think I know more than the Rangers coaching staff. Cause I just know how much people listening at home absolutely love someone who thinks that way. It, but it, it definitely seems like they've tinkered too much. They've overthought it too much. They've tried to fit square pegs in round holes. It We knew what worked, right? Panarin, Mika, Kako, Buchnevich, and I mean, even Tony or Fox. It, it worked. And for some reason, the Rangers were like, well, it's nice to know that works. Let's go find something else that works as opposed to just rolling with the one thing we knew was good. It's it's a it's I just don't understand some of the decisions the team makes and I'm not sure I ever will. Because they make these statements that are like, you know, Leas had to go down because he needs to develop and he needs to gain all this confidence. There's players struggling on the roster right now who are AHL AHL eligible and just aren't being sent down at all. So I don't know what it takes for those players to be sent down rather than when Leas Anderson who was never really given a chance to succeed gets sent down and I know I think Woj you're like a big Leas believer or correct me if I'm wrong on that one no I, I still love him I still think he's gonna be a good player at this point it's just not whether I think he's gonna be a good player it's on what team is he gonna succeed for yeah the Oilers um, maybe I don't I really don't know man I just I mean because there was that rumor that what came out that the Rangers did have a deal in place for Puyarvi, but the price just ended up being too high like I mean you have to imagine Anderson was probably in that conversation um but I still think he's gonna be a good player I just I, it's very frustrating to have the kind of camp that he did and to kind of be buried in that bottom half of the lineup where he was 
and I and you can like argue that, and this is one of those arguments that you're gonna argue back and forth till your face turns blue, but it's it's gonna end up being whether he was given a fair shot or whether he earned it. And like what, what you just said, there's no justifiable way to measure that. It's like, well, we he got sent down before. I feel like, I mean, in my opinion, at least, I think he got sent down before we even had a fair shot to evaluate that. And like you said, we have Libor Hayek on there, who I mean, I don't think he's a bad player, but he's bad right now. Like he stinks, um, and he's not getting pulled out of the lineup. And now the more I think about it. Greg has 100% put it in my head, and I completely have flipped. Like, Lindgren is the one coming out of the lineup when Stahl gets back. Like, it, there's no doubt now. I don't like, like that. I didn't, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. No, you didn't. Do I don't like it's, it's like an open the light kind of thing because you're right. It's just like that's the thinking is like there has been no evidence of, you know, Hayek being distraught. Now, again, you can measure that like where they didn't really have any other options with Stahl being out. Again, you know, if without moving Brendan Smith back and then figuring it out on the offense, you know, there's really nobody else who they're calling up because Rykov's still hurt. I mean, who else are you calling up from the AHL? So it's like, it's one of those things where I guess it's kind of working right now. It's not the end of the world. So we'll just ride Hayek until Stahl gets back. But I don't know. Anderson's an interesting case, man. I think he's going to go down as one of those like what if players. And I, I just don't think he's going to be playing in the NHL in the next year or two. He'll be back over in Europe. And I think that'll be the end of it. But I don't know. It's it's frustrating. I I really hope he gets back onto the main roster at some point this season, but the, you know, depending on where they're at with the deadline. Um, it's just it sucks. I love it. I like I like Leas a lot. I I just don't think he got a fair shake. I agree with you. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but the last couple of games for the Rangers have been good. I mean, since we last did the podcast, they they beat the Hurricanes. They should have beaten the Bruins, um, pretty handily. But that goes just back to the power play. They couldn't get it. Were done. you Were you mad about that game? Yeah, I was pissed because there was okay. just missed opportunity after missed opportunity, and to People not score in a five bad. to three is is terrible. Yeah, people made me feel bad. They're like, you know, I thought they pissed away that extra point. And people were coming at me like of a point like, you know, well, they got the first point. Well, okay, but they also were up to nothing. They couldn't score on a five on three. They couldn't score on a double minor or a double major. Like they had the opportunity to not only close that game, but just like win it pretty handily against the best team in the league. And I thought for the most part, for probably about 70% of that game, they shut that top line of Boston down completely. And then they got, got let in the back of the game in the third period. It's like, yeah, I can, I still think I can be mad with that game. Like, I don't care if they stole a point from the best team in the league. They, I think they pissed away that second point. Like, it's just, I don't know. People got mad, and I guess coming back and beating New Jersey made it all just whatever. Can no. can I can I play devil's advocate a little bit on the Bruins game? Please yeah, do. please do. I don't think I I I think. How about this? I think everybody's wrong. I think I'm Whoa. the only one that's right. Let Whoa. me explain. Hold on. Hold let on. me explain. A Gregory saying only he's right. I've never heard of it. Keep yeah. going. Let me let me, if, let me if explain. That's not on a t-shirt tomorrow. Pan, I don't want it. Pan right. to Jacksonville, huh? Let me, let, fuck, fuck Jacksonville. Woj knows. Woj knows. Um, here's the thing. Duval. You can be I, – I understand why you're angry that the Rangers didn't get the second point. They're up to nothing. They had so many man advantages, more than one man advantages. Well, they had, at, at the are, same Gregory, time, are you saying they had too many men? Uh, <laughs> not in the Bruin game. Uh, the thing is, you should expect the best teams in hockey to survive those situations, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the three of us would agree that the Boston Bruins are, what, one of the three best teams in hockey right now? No doubt about it. Maybe the three most complete teams yeah, in yeah. hockey. So it's it's not like the Rangers were blowing five-on-three opportunities against the Devils or against the Red Wings. They were going up against the team who is maybe one of only three teams in the NHL that I would expect not be able to run roughshod over in that situation. So 
Was I angry the Rangers didn't get two points? No. At the same time, was I satisfied the Rangers only got one point? No, because like you guys said, this is a team that is is trying to learn on the fly, and they were in a position to win and close out the game, and they couldn't. So that should be viewed as not not the world's biggest failure, but a disappointment. So I I don't think you should be happy the Rangers only got one point. I also just don't think you should be pissed off this team didn't get all two. I, the 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 tenor of people talking about that game was a little confusing for me because I don't know if the, if if I really thought the Rangers were going to make the playoffs this year, then that's a point I would sweat. I still don't think even if even if this team stays relatively in the hunt, this isn't a playoff team. If they make the playoffs, they would need superhero Hank in order to go any kind of distance. And while that's not necessarily the most impossible thought in the world, it is improbable. So I I don't know. I'm not going to sweat over the one point. The Bruins are the Bruins, and they they are going to crush your dreams from time to time. Honestly, the thing that I was most angry about in regards to the Bruins game were people being angry on how the Bruins won it in overtime. It's it's almost like we forget that David Pasternak might be one of the five best players in hockey. He's going to make people look bad. It doesn't matter if you play the perfect defense on Pasternak. He's so good that he's just going to turn you inside out. And I get that Strom was late getting back, and I get that Booch looked silly trying to guard him. At the same time, again, it's not like Blake Coleman did that to Pavel Buchnevich. That was David Pasternak. The guy's gonna, the guy's flirting with a 50 point, 50 goal, 50 assist season. He's really good. I, I don't think when you get beat by a really good team, you should be all that upset. I, you, again, it, you can be disappointed they didn't get two points, but shit, man, they, they pushed the Boston Bruins to the brink. I don't know what more you would want from them. I, I, that's where I'm at, too, because I, I am pissed off we didn't win, just similar to Woj, but I also feel like this is, a, I, this is what confuses me so much about the New York Rangers. They get really competitive against good teams outside of the Vegas Knights, and uh, they, they stay in these games, and they, they play these playoff teams or some of the best teams in the league very close, and then they don't step on their neck. And to me, this, this season's a bit about development, and if you want to have a learning moment, learning... That if you go up 3-0 on the Bruins, you probably won the game, but you left them back. You left them back into the game slowly and surely, and they're, like you said, they're the best team in the league, and they, they, they're available, and they have the talent to do that. And that's exactly what they did. They, they fought their way back in the game, and they had a penalty kill, like a four-minute penalty kill that the Raiders got one or two shots on. It was absolutely brutal. So I am pissed off that we that the team didn't learn and I guess maybe this is a false sports narrative. Is it a false sports narrative that if this team would have scored another goal, they would have learned something? They would have unlocked some power in themselves to to learn how to put games away? I don't know. I think so. But maybe that's all fake. And I, I'll never be able to tell if that's real or not. But to me, it would have been meaningful. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm at, too. It's like my biggest problem lies it's the same thing with the inconsistencies, the I, it reminds me of the week where they beat what Nashville, Tampa, and then they got their absolute like forehead stomped in like by Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that stuff is the stuff that where I get frustrated and like, yeah, they took Boston to the brink, but the team, you know, just taking teams to the brink isn't good enough. Like, I mean, it just simply isn't if you're going to continue to build a winning culture. And I think more so where I'm getting angry at is the people, not even angry, I guess, where just like head scratching at. It's the people who are just like, oh, it's okay. They did take a point from them. It's like that mentality turns you into the Sabres. 
Like just playing for points turns you into the Sabres fan base. Like there's, I don't know. I think it's okay to not be satisfied with beating the best teams in the league. Cause I think this team has proven that on any given night, they can beat the best teams in the league. It's just, you know, the next day when they play uh, Malcolm Subban on a Monday night and on the East coast, you know, you expect the team to play a little better than that. It's just, I don't know, man. It's, it just feels like there's, I, we've been doing this podcast for exactly four years. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy four years. Thank you. Uh, I've I'm watched totally the, miserable. <laughs> no one's surprised. More, wait, more or less miserable than four years ago. Uh, four years ago when we started this, I was on the heels of a Mets World Series appearance. I was feeling yeah, pretty good true. about myself. And, and, off, and off the back of a Rangers Cup appearance, at least. I know they didn't win, but obviously, like, you had that going for Things you. Things were okay. Sure. Things were things are okay. I'm not saying we're the reason why the Rangers started rebuilding, but at the same time, not a bad idea. <laughs> but I've watched enough Rangers to know this team has some teams just have identities, right? That's just like the Mets in September. Actually, I don't know the Mets and in injuries. There you go. Um, and yeah, for, fuck, fuck off. First, make, you can't be the one making Met references. What? I that's can't my do job. it. I can't. I have one job. Okay. I have one job. That's fair. <laughs> um. Uh. So I I don't know. The Spurs are making the playoffs until this year, etc. The first two minutes of games with the Rangers, I, I just don't understand how they're not prepared better. Last year, I think they let in like over like 15 goals in the first minute. I made that stat up because I'm a real journalist, but I'm pretty sure it's true. So it, it's there's just something. I, I don't know how you're not ready and prepared for a team that clearly is going to go out in, in New York City or maybe went out last night. So I, I just don't know how you're not ready at this point in time. Just got totally dismantled in the first five minutes and the game was over. And you and we yeah. all knew it. Uh, speaking, I, I do, I do appreciate you thinking that a team from Vegas comes to New York and can't handle themselves in terms of nightlife. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess, <laughs> like, I guess like, so. Like, point, yeah, man. New York to them is literal vacation. That that is ranching, <laughs> ratcheting it down about sixty levels. I think they can handle New York. My, uh, I guess right. my my point on that is they probably party all. They don't really party very often in Vegas because it's not novelty that, to them anymore. Like all teams when they go to Vegas, they all party hard because it's Vegas. The guys that live in Vegas don't party nearly as hard, so they do it when they get to New York, which is my logic. Or they're just better at partying. That's also solid logic. Both are at good. The, at the same, hear, hearing bo- both of everything you guys are saying, uh, I don't know. It's just hard for me to look at this year that, besides it just being like, this is basically the Rangers redshirt year, where this entire year, results don't totally matter. You're going to be happy if the results come out decent. At the same time, you shouldn't be upset if the if if there's a stinker like tonight. You shouldn't it shouldn't ruin your night. It, you should have kind of this should have been an outcome you were prepared for at any given night. It it's you got you got to stay even keeled. You can't ride the roller coaster with this season because it's really not about this season for the Rangers. If it was about this season, honestly, Brendan Smith wouldn't be playing wing. Like the fact that the Rangers are comfortable with him playing wing has more to do with the fact that the Rangers have their eyes on the bigger prize than anything else. Maybe that's why maybe that's why the Rangers are more patient with Lieber Hayek than they should be because again, if Lieber is it's hard to imagine this because again, Lindy Ruff is the guy that is responsible for just about everything that happens with the team defensively. <laughs> but if you're the New York Rangers, maybe you're more comfortable developing Lieber Hayek at the NHL level than you are in the AHL, even if that's where he should be talent-wise. So it's you know, I, you can basically talk yourself into anything with this team because anything goes. It, it's what happens this year at the end of the day isn't the most important thing to the New York Rangers. So I, 
I don't know. I, I guess I, this, this is one of those moments where I can actually talk myself into the Rangers leaving Lieber Hayek out to dry. I hate that you're doing this. Any, I absolutely no, hate it. <laughs> the, 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 the logic is there, which makes me hate it even more. Yeah, like, the, I, ha- the logic, I hate sound logic. The, the only thing that really makes me think differently is in other years, Hartford wasn't being run how it's being run now, where I have complete confidence that anyone the Rangers send down to Hartford will continue on the same developmental curve while also not being so exposed on a nightly basis. Like, it was evident last year that Lieber Hayek was more comfortable playing in New York because there was a plan in New York in comparison to what he was being asked to do in Hartford. But now, you don't have to squint your eyes to see that Hartford is a more soundly run organization this year with a new coaching staff and a new emphasis on development. So I think sending Lieber down to play against guys he can have an easier time dominating as opposed to asking Lieber Hayek to defend the Pasternaks, the Tucks, the Stones, the Pacioretties of the world. He's being exposed, as he should be, because he's playing against the best players in the world. But if, again, if you if you want to play the devil's advocate here, if the New York Rangers feel more confident that Lieber Hayek taking his lumps in the National Hockey League this year is more beneficial long-term to his development than Lieber Hayek dominating quad A and triple A players in the American Hockey League, I guess we have to just accept it and forget the fact that on a nightly basis, two points is not the biggest concern for the New York Rangers. They'll never tell us that, right? David Quinn's never going to go up to a mic and say, I don't really care about winning tonight's hockey game. It's his job to prepare his team to win on a nightly basis. At the same time, it's Jeff Gorton and John Davidson's job to say and understand when this team is going to be next ready to win a Stanley Cup. And if they're making the decision that leaving Lieber Hayek out to dry in the NHL is actually better for his development, and Lieber Hayek wouldn't be the first professional athlete to struggle at the on the biggest stage to then take a step forward the year the team actually needs him to. It's just it's tough looking at it because there is an option for him to benefit. The Rangers aren't taking it, and we're not one. We haven't seen enough evidence to know for sure that there's logic behind what the Rangers are doing. And I think that's the reason to be frustrated. If this team gave us any kind of window into the future when it comes to properly evaluating what this team has specifically on defense, I think we would all feel more confident about it. We just haven't seen it. And when Lindgren comes out of this lineup, there isn't going to be a single person that isn't frustrated by that, nor should there be. I hate when you make this like these logical arguments because now I just don't. Terrible. I just don't. I, I would be. I'm still. I'm at a loss for words. I don't want Lindgren out of coming out of this lineup, and I just now I believe you. Yeah, I was there <laughs> taking notes the whole time. Yeah, now now I believe you, and I I really you said at the beginning of this uh, that whole rant, you shouldn't make shouldn't let the Rangers get you upset. You know, you should understand that this season's gonna ebb and flow, and I agree. But now that you did that, I'm upset because I, 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 I think you're just upset because you're hearing it from me. If you heard it from someone else, if if that was Drew Way telling you that, I'm, you'd be like, "All right, Drew, that makes sense." I have I have news for you. If it was the other way around, it that's true. I respect your opinion, despite what you may think. <laughs> I just I it it's it Four stinks. Years. It it stinks that really at the end of the day, what it comes ah there it is. Yeah, you've what done, it really you've comes done it a few down times, to. I haven't said anything. 
Oh my god, I, I blacked out. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. At the same time, go on. What it comes down to is there is a difference between how any of us would want to run the New York Rangers and the, the beautiful thing about sports and the most frustrating thing about sports is there will never be a right answer, right? There there is an answer that makes mo- the most sense and there are clearly answers that are leaning towards wrong. At at the same time there is no blueprint. There is no proven formula. There's no Pythagorean theorem. There is no A squared plus B squared equals C squared here. Sports is ambiguous at the end of the day. That's that's really what it is. So the way the Rangers are doing it, so many people, the large majority, the vocal majority could be saying, this is clearly incorrect. At the same time, maybe it's not. And I know that's not easy to hear. It's not. And I know it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense when it's going to come down to, should Mark Stahl be put back in the New York Rangers lineup? No. Because for The only reason why it should be no is not because of what he can do on the ice right now, which is not much. It's just a clear, clear answer that he's not part of the Rangers' future. And if we all agree that this year is not about wins and losses, it is about the future, then it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to find room for Mark Stahl on this lineup. And yet, it could actually make some sense, both for now and in the future, to put Stahl back in if it means sending someone who could benefit from time back in the minors down. The problem is we have no evidence to support the fact that the Rangers acknowledge that there's a problem in their lineup. And again, could that be because the Rangers want him to struggle at the NHL level to grow? Maybe, but we just haven't been given any evidence to prove that they're capable of understanding that. We have more evidence to suggest that they don't see a problem, and I think that's where you can be frustrated. Well, at least we beat the Devils. (laughs) (laughs) We embarrassed the fuck out of them. You want to know how I know you've been doing this for four years? Yes. Greg just went on that whole rant, really well-worded, very well-thought-out, threw in the word Pythagorean theorem in there, and was able to (laughs) run right through it. It was just a master class of podcasting. Like, I was taken aback. That was unbelievable. You. I am a B student when it came to I, I muted my that mic when you said that, and I was like, I started to say it because I was like, I'm going to say it back to him. And I was just saying Pythagorean <laughs> theorem, Pythagorean theorem, just so I can be right and not have a Vlad and who plays for Ottawa situation all over again. <laughs> uh, but did you guys hear the Devils had the best offseason? <laughs> Dude, they stink. Oh, man, I love it. I don't even care that we beat them, but the fact that the Sabres, who also stink, came in and housed them tonight, but was like 7-1, to 8-1. to one. Yeah. Oh, mwah. Uh, mwah. I love to see it. Feels really good. Uh, you know, use from the press box, look at Danikako. You know, just, just, just tough times. <laughs> you know what? Devil fans came at me. They're like, oh, he played in the preseason. Don't you remember he scored on Hank? And like, yeah, Kako sat that game out because he sat the first game out. I know, guys. He, yeah. It was a return the favor game. Trust me. I'm aware of this. But I, I looking at the Devils, especially after hearing all the times they had the, this great, amazing offseason, they turned the team around, they drafted number one overall. That team is a tire fire. I had a conversation this summer like, wouldn't you have rather had Gusev than Panarin? No. I no. would not. <laughs> no. No. I, I, I've seen I just Gusev don't know how, how you're that team, and I get where they're at now. I mean, they have a lot of, like, one-year deals, I think, too. It's like So, I mean, they're going to have to kind of retool again this next summer, and Taylor Hall's gone. Uh and you just lost to your rivals for nothing on a Saturday afternoon. 
it might be the best time to fire that coach. If he's not gone tomorrow, I'm starting to feel a little bad for Dobson. I'm really not, but like you have to fire the coach. You got to start over somewhere. Like it's, you're just, what are you waiting for? He stinks. Your team stinks. And you have a lot of things that, you know, are going to change the summer again. What's up, Hank? Sorry. Hey, Hank. Um, uh, so I know. Yeah. You stink. You got to fire the coach. You got to re blow it up. Probably trade Hughes while you have still the chance. And I, trade. I, I like the theory where they're trading Hughes the best that just <laughs> yeah. set him to Vancouver, just so put him with Quinn. Ooh, uh, I like that. No, but the the thing the thing about the Devils is if if you're at a point now where you're fielding offers for Taylor Hall and you're admitting defeat there, then you need to be like what Woj is saying. You need to be at the point with your head coach where you're either convinced this is the guy that's going to help you get to your next big moment in the playoffs, or you need to get rid of him and start looking for the guy that is that guy. So every day that the Devils don't fire John Hines. The thing you need to be terrified of if you're a Devils fan is that management feels like they still have the right guy. And God, I hope they think they still have the right guy because that guy is butt. He is terrible. Do you guys think butt's making a comeback? Because I think it's so fun to say. I don't yeah, think I don't think it ever I don't think it ever I had just a slump. I really like saying eat my butt. I think it's super funny. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. So th- things, things are going well with things are going well with the misses is what I am. So I guess it is time to make an announcement. Oh God. no. Gregory. No. Oh, I'm moving. Where are you moving to? Philadelphia. Oh, are you shitting me? I, I'm moving to Philadelphia in two weeks. Two weeks? What to, the? To live, how long? What? To live with the girlfriend. Oh my god! I know. Two weeks. New podcast co-host. I certainly won't do it, but I'll sit in on interviews. <laughs> I mean, I nobody, was... nobody in this world is thirstier than Vince Mercogliano. I'm sure he would want to do it. If I <laughs> Shout out to Vince. What? Uh, All right, so, can you guys actually really quick? Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. I didn't even cut your interview. I don't, your I don't care. Off. We'll get. We'll get to this. I'm not done with sure. you. Tell me about Vince because he seems to be your guy. And okay. obviously, I missed like the whole offseason, first half of the season. So I don't it? really know him. Is he a good dude? Greg, you, like you, you want me to get this one or you got it? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes. He's good people. He's a good person. Uh, he's, he's putting in the work. I'm still angry that he and Colin Stevenson didn't want to hang out in Montreal. I understand okay. why they didn't. They, they, they invited you it. to their bar. You didn't go. They did, but my bar was better. <laughs> What's the point? Okay. Was better. All right. Well, they that's not what they thought. I get why they didn't move. Um, I think Vince is I, I love Rick. Rick's definitely the OG beat writer, other than him and Larry share that that crown, probably. But Vince yeah. Vince is killing it. For me personally, uh I think he's sort of the modern beat writer, where he's the guy that has everything up first somehow on Twitter because he knows how to use a phone. Shout out to Rick. Yeah. Um, and is just trying to ask like the all the questions that people ask on Twitter, Vince is trying to ask to to Quinn and people that matter. And the thing I kind of like about him just from an outsider, again, I'm still new on him, so I, I don't really like, you know, I, I'm, I'm still learning. But the thing I like about him, he's not afraid to get into his own bag. Like, he's not afraid to mix it up with the, the locals, as they would say. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll chirp you back, is from what I've seen. Like, he's spicy. Think, he doesn't yeah, care. He ain't going to just let you walk on his turf, and, you know, he's not going to just hit you with a block. He's going to hit you with that reply, that quote tweet, and now you're into it. So I, I like that. I mean, you're right, though. I, I think in terms of, like, instant news, in terms of, like, being at the practice, the lineups, you know, who's playing with who, who's skating with who, who's not skating. Like, he, I have never had the info come across the board this fast. So 
from like just from an outsider's POV, I, I think he's doing an awesome job. I just knew he was your boy, so I was just hoping you guys would give me the lowdown. On Rick, like, Rick's our, if, our if, real boy. We didn't stalk Vince. We no, just uh, politely uh, uh, asked Rick, him. Rick's your, Rick's your co-worker now. Show <laughs> some fucking respect. <laughs> Show some fucking respect. If, sorry. If, uh, sorry, if, Elder if Rick. Vince could just start tag, stop tagging us in tweets. No, be... you know what, Vince? You can always tag me, baby. It's okay. That's fine. He, you can get tagged. I don't. I, I will say, I'm always curious who I get tagged with. And uh, I, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen that one. That's there's definitely some interesting combinations in there. It's like, oh, it's what is this? It's a uh, it's it's what would that room be like? It's usually what I think when I see his text. <laughs> like, what would that hangout? What's that hangout session like? Because I'm very curious. Um, but yes, to, to follow up, I am moving to Philadelphia, the, my favorite city in the world. Yeah, you're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I bet, at the same at, at the same time, it's like, yeah, uh, in some way, it's, it, it's perfect. Because now all the things I hate are in one centralized location. <laughs> well, I'll still be back in New York all the time, so don't worry. Oh my god, fucking Philly. Yeah, I'll be recording. Two uh, weeks. How long has this been in the works? It's been in the works for a little bit. There's some other stuff I haven't told you yet, but we'll, we'll get to that off the air. I won't be revealing that here. Well, are you also fucking engaged? Like, I, is that the next I thing you're going to drop not, on me? Not be revealing that, but yes, we'll see. What, wait, what do you mean? Yes, yes we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but wait, whoa, 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 we'll see. what? You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's not how it works, Ryan. You're either engaged or you're not engaged. This isn't. I, I, I am this isn't a maybe type question. I, I am currently not engaged. I'll say. I will say that. Okay. So thirty-three point three this percent of this podcast is. Oh, you're engaged, Woj. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just gonna just gonna quietly slide that in there. Shit, huh? Hold on, let me text Let's her. See how it is? Hey, Woj just said he's engaged. Can I <laughs> say we're engaged too? Okay. <laughs> I feel bad now because I think Ryan knew that. I don't think Greg did. I did. Unless, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, man, it ain't my business. It's my business when you want to make it my business, but I ain't here to pray. I hear. I hear it. I always appreciate you coming on, Woji. Uh, we'll definitely have you on. And then Hank, of course, in the background. Uh, in a- he's, he's starting to lose it. It's getting to be about that time where he just turns Yeah, well, he heard, some, he heard some asshead is moving to Philadelphia. He's getting angry. Listen, the only reason to move to Philadelphia is for a woman you love. That's it. That's it. Hands up. Other yeah, re- well, why, why are you falling in love with women in Philadelphia? She's from New York, you know? <laughs> She's got a job there. It's just it's tough. I thought that, I thought my thing was to fall in love from women in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Isn't that your <laughs> thing? I totally forgot. <laughs> when you told me that she was from Philadelphia, I had like a heart attack. I was like, in my defense, she's not she's not from Philly. That's she's what from I ju- South Jersey. That's what I just did. <laughs> no, but yeah, my, he did my the girl- same thing. He did the one <laughs> yeah. moving to Philly, but, you know, she's not from there. She's not from there. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we'll be neighbors when Meg gets divorced. I get it's it. True. No big deal. Uh, Woj, I want to just thank you for coming on our four-year anniversary. What did, do you have, yeah, you have anything you want to plug or anything like that, buddy? <laughs> no. Okay. Dude, that um, one Disney Plus. Maybe I still get residual <laughs> from working there. <laughs> uh, we'll have to hey, find man, time. for Baby Yoda. Next time you're in the Yoda. city, we'll have to figure something out and always, you know, hang out. And when Yoda. he says the city, he means New York City, not that shithole Philadelphia. No, well, come on, dude. Yeah. It's actually yeah, closer. Yeah, right? I was about to say. It's actually closer to get to New York City from Philly sometimes than it is from Long Island. It's just as it's there's less traffic. I don't know how it's possible, but it's true. It's because no one from New York is going to Philadelphia. That's <laughs> true. Well, they're whatever they're going to New York. They're leaving Philly in that case. Um, but yes, no, I, I Philly's like. not smart enough to understand they need to leave. There's no traffic in <laughs> into or around Philadelphia because everyone's just too fucking stupid. Seventy six would love a word with you. Um, I would like to thank our supporters: Brian Doyle, Tory from Manhattan, Thomas O'Neill, Eric Stag. Uh, Ben Weber and Ben Waters and uh, rest in peace Johnny Thundercock not actually dead but just like saying his name 
Um, and thanks all for supporting us. You can follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. If you want to get tickets, we still have some available, I think, for the Reddit Suite meetup on December 27th. And if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you know how to do that. Message me on uh, on Twitter for the, the, the ticket information. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.